0: Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see change lives, and we hope that this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy this message. Well, good morning. Hey, I'm Andy and uh, one of the pastors here at the Valley. Welcome, good to have you. Hey, if this is your first time, I uh, especially want to tell you, I know that the hardest step you may ever take at the valley is coming here for the first time. So we just want to tell you, thank you for being here. That's right. We know this, it's hard, but we're glad you're here. Hey, I want to give a shout out to Back 40 Campground, wherever you guys are at, and all those who are joining us online today. And uh, also, shout out to the East Venue, which is really the Sydney campus is having their first service. Shout out to you guys. We're so excited for what God is going to do through you in the Sydney area and all those surrounding areas. So they are joining us today in the East Venue or the gym, as some of you would know it. And uh, it's just so exciting. Now, that's the champions are meeting today. They're ironing out the kinks. And then next week, they're opening it up to everyone who wants to be a part of that Sydney campus launch. They'll continue to grow in that venue until they're ready to go to the YMCA in September. Uh, This is a defining moment today. For our church. This is a defining moment for the kingdom. I'm just telling you, this is big stuff. And it's just so exciting. Can't wait for the rest of those chairs to come in because we have some seats to fill. We got we don't want to just fill seats, but they represent people, and we're gonna reach a lot of people. You know, there was a defining moment for our church last week. Uh, we or at Easter rather, we had thirty six. It was the week after Easter, thirty-six people were baptized between the Pickle and Troy campuses. That's by far <laughs> We've never, this isn't, this isn't something we've done. This is something God is doing through us, but we get to be a part of it. 56 people have been baptized at the valley in the last year. Just tremendous. Uh, it is a huge move of God. We, we sing about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we talk about what the Spirit can do. Well, he's moving in people's lives. Like, go ahead and ask somebody to church. They're going to say yes. This is like, There's a God is moving ahead of us. So don't be timid. This isn't the day for that. We're going to talk about that today. This should be a defining moment in your life. Hey, couple things I'm gonna share with you just because I never really get those opportunities too much, but if you'll go past the gym, we just remodeled that. The gym space, we call it the East Venue, that's where the new campus is meeting, Sydney campus, like that is the incubator for churches. That's the incubator for our new campuses and we've just remodeled that space. Man, we were planted in 94. In 1997, we, you know, we built that space and uh, the reality is, it, uh, it's had a few paint touch-ups, and that's about it. And it, it was overdue. Go check out the new space. It, uh, it's worthy of being an incubator for a new church. Like, it's, uh, it's got some excellence going on. So take a look at that. It's pretty exciting. The other thing that happened this week is we went solar. I don't know if you knew that. We, we now have half of the power at the Valley Church being generated by solar and uh, solar energy. And uh, there's for you geeks, there's about thirty. Uh, four kilowatt hours of solar panels on on the roof uh one above here and one above the gym and uh, there's 72 panels 480 watt you can geek out we'll let you know later um we may have a day where you can come in and check that out because some of you really like that stuff we did it for two reasons one this is the father's earth and we want to be good stewards of the environment Secondly, it makes just good fiscal sense. Uh, it, there's a payback on this, and uh, so we'll, we'll sh- you know share at at some point. But um, with a 30% rebate from from the government and uh, someone giving half of the cost a family because they they put their money where their mouth is, like they have a passion for the for God's green earth, and they put their money where. So our payback's two years. So for 28 years, we'll be generating free power, and that's uh, half the power in this place. And uh, do you know, here's what it means. It means that after 30 years, and that's the life of this, in 30 years we'll save about $250,000, which is the cost that we put into a new church plant. That's the half that we put in to launch new campuses. So that savings alone will launch a new campus. It's just exciting. That's a defining moment in our church that God is providing. And we're so thankful for people that listen to the Holy Spirit and then take the steps that, that God calls them to take. Well, this is a series about defining moments. You've all had defining moments, haven't you? Those moments that everything is different after that time. There were a couple defining moments in my life. Actually, there's a lot of defining moments, but a few stick out. I remember uh, when I went to basic training, and uh, I had to go to the rifle range, and, uh, and we had to shoot. And I can't I, I, my dad wouldn't let, let us shoot guns. I don't understand why. But he would never let us shoot a gun because <laughs> he knew what was going to happen. And so when I went to basic training, it was the first time I'd ever shot a rifle. I mean, we'd, we'd thrown stones at each other, but that's not the same. And, uh, <laughs> and so I couldn't close the one eye and I was seeing double and I, I missed the target altogether. And I thought I was going to be doing the duffel bag drag. That, that means you drag the duffel bag to the bus and go home. And uh, that would have been life-altering for me because uh because because i didn't want to fail and i remember having to work through and going I, I went at night and started to work through and try to figure out now, how do i get over this because because i, I could have given up but i decided not to and uh and i, I don't, on a whim i decided to shoot left-handed i'm a right-hander i've never done i don't do anything left-handed i shot left hand i'm able to close the other eye i hit the target i started to practice and uh, I did better than qualify. like I I did the next step up. That was a defining moment for me because what could have been a failure turned into a success and I learned how to overcome a limitation and I didn't let that limitation stop me and I I began to realize I could apply that to other areas of my life. Just because I hit a wall didn't mean I have to stop. There was another defining moment in my life and that's when uh, I moved away from home. I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma to go to school and uh, I got a twin brother. We're like connected, you know, like there's this mental, spiritual thing. I don't know what it is. It's when you're a twin, you just do it. And uh, when we, when I had to leave, I cried for a week. Um, it was just, it was just that, it, it can bring back the emotion again almost. It just, it just was that powerful of a, um, a separation. It was that difficult for me and, and I believe for him. And, uh, but it was a defining moment when I realized that I probably could stand on my own. <laughs> There was another defining moment. That's when I was, uh, I prayed for my wife. God led me to pray for my wife. I think he even gave me some of the terms to pray for. Beautiful, sexy. I'm right down the list. I think God is, God is like that. No, he's good. He's good with that. He, he, he made them. And uh, so I prayed and, and then Paula showed up. And she was everything I, I prayed for and a whole lot more. And I believe God answers those prayers, and that was a defining moment for me. One, I listened to God, and I prayed the way He wanted. I prayed for a woman that would know His heart. That was the part of the prayer at the end that, that I knew that God was speaking to me more than any other, and I prayed that prayer, and God answered it. She's the most godly woman I know, and uh, we have a great love relationship, and uh, she's the love of my life. That's, that's, a, that's a defining moment because I knew in that moment that if I, if, if I had a wife that would love him and serve him, that my heart would go with her. But if it went the wrong way, if, if, if I picked someone that didn't know him, that I was probably going to go that way. Because isn't it true? Your heart is going to be intertwined with that person. And if you're young here today, don't underestimate the power of choosing a spouse that loves God with all their heart. Because the way they go is likely how you will go as much as you try to go the other way. And that doesn't have to be true, but that's why God says don't be unequally yoked. That was a defining moment in my life. Like we all have these moments that like just sort of, like you could, it's a milestone. It, like it's different after that point. Peter had a few moments like that. And today we're going to look at a moment in Peter's life that is one of those defining moments and I want you to think back over your life as we work through this I want you to think back to those defining moments in your life I could list another 15 20 that that just stand out above all the other when I got called to pastoral ministry that was a defining moment it changed everything after that and Peter has a couple defining moments in the negative way like he messes up pretty bad and, uh, and now, that's a defining moment in his life. I hope that you aren't defined by those defining moments that were failures. Because Peter had some failure in his life, but the failure isn't final when we are with Jesus. See, he transforms the failures. And, uh, and he takes us beyond the failures. They don't have to define your life. So if you feel like you're a failure today, don't let that define you. Because Peter was the poster child of failure. So we're, we're going to look at, at Acts chapter 4. Um, hey, by the way, yeah, just saying again, that chair, hope you look at it and see it all service. Um, Peter and John, two of the inner circle, there's three, Peter, John, James. That Peter and John, they have... <laughs> Yeah, they have upset the religious authorities today. Go figure. They, they, they're in jail. They're being interrogated. And, and, and yet the jailers, those and, and the Jewish leaders, it says when they saw their courage, that's Peter and James, or Peter and John rather, it says they were astonished. Don't you wish somebody would look at you and see your courage and be astonished? You ever wish you could have that kind of courage that when people looked at you, they would say, Wow, I wish I had that kind of courage. But sometimes we're more astonished with our lack of courage. You ever have those pep talks to yourself? Come on, man, stop being a mice. Stop being a mouse, be a man. You know, I've had to have those pep talks inside. Have you ever had to do that? Sometimes we're more astonished by our lack of courage. But it says this. It says Peter and John were unschooled, ordinary men. We often think that when we, when we look at the heroes of the Bible, and Peter's going to come out pretty good in this one, okay? He doesn't come out so good before. We, we think these guys have special talent. They've got special ability. Like they must have a special dose of the Spirit. And there are times when we are given um, special power through the Holy Spirit. We think they're above average, way beyond us, like they've got something we don't have, and I'm so glad these words are in there because that means you and I can be used by God. Did you know that? You and I can be used by God. It reminds us that we don't have to be, have some special ability or talent way beyond us because it's it's not just about us. It is about us because God has made us and created us and made us masterpieces, but he wants to use us. And so God is going to do some amazing things through us. And it, it appears that Peter and John, even though they don't, they don't have special abilities and talents, that that's just enough for God. <laughs> that's just enough for God. I want you to know you're enough for God. You're enough to be used by God in, in miraculous ways, in amazing ways. Stop belittling yourself. So many people say, well, I can't do that. God could never use me. Or they say, well, yeah, I did this thing, but eh, it's really, hey, God made you. Don't, Don't sell yourself short. Because here's the deal. You're selling God short. He's the one that created you. He's the one that hung your picture up on his fridge like he made you the masterpiece. And so don't think you're more than you are. Everything you do is because he's given you the gift of who he made you to be. But now... But now he wants to do something even more. Now here's why they were jailed. Let's go back to that for a, for a second. It says, by the way, the they in here are the jailers. These are the Jewish leaders. But since they could see the man who had, who had been healed standing there with them, now you get the idea of something's going on, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then confer together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they performed a notable sign. Notable is sort of an understatement (laughs) here—a miraculous sign, like they've done something like monumental. This is like defining. This is one of those things, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, you ever see God do something amazing and say, "That's, "That's enough of that." That's what they're doing. Like they're saying, "Yeah." God moved and something may, a miraculous happened, but we got to stop that. Don't ever get in the way of God. You'll just get run over. God doesn't want to run you over, but he's not going to let you stop him either. So don't get on the wrong side of what God may be doing in the world. It says, but to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. It says, then he called them in again and commanded them not to speak or to teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. This is after further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. See, the reason they'd been jailed, the reason they were being interrogated, the reason that they were in trouble with the Jewish authorities was that they'd miraculously healed someone. Actually, they hadn't healed him; God had healed him through them. He had used them to do a miraculous thing. And and they said, we cannot help but speaking. See, God has given us all, if you're following Jesus, He's given us all a something in us that compels us to speak about what he's done and you know what all we have to do is tell what we've seen and what we've heard sometimes we make things so confusing would you just share about your life share what God is doing in in you because sometimes we want to make it about this sermon or we want to make it about this idea or this scripture which is all great stuff but it's really about your story, man. How can you deny that? See, when they saw this healing, what they'd seen and what they'd heard, like there was no denying that. There's no denying your story, man. There's no denying what God has done in you. So tell that story over and over and over. You, should... you see, they were compelled. Jesus had cast a vision that they were, they were going to be hero makers, that they, that they were going to be life changers, that they were going to be history makers, and they bought into it. And then God began to do that very thing. He always keeps his promises. But the question I have to ask, and the question you should be asking, is what happened to that other Peter? That Peter that denied Jesus three times in the courtyard when this young girl who's the lowest one on the totem pole that could possibly be walks up to him and says, you were with that Jesus, weren't you? And he folded like a cheap suit. I mean, this was bad. He just came apart. What happened to that Peter now that he's standing in the courtyard of Of the high priest face to face the the high priest wasn't there last time just this little servant girl but now he's face to face with the head cheese so to speak at least on earth (laughs) and and he stands up with a complete boldness and power what happened to peter well the answer is is here in verse seven he says by what name what power or what name did you do this they ask by what power Or what name did this healing happen? And Peter says this. This is then Peter. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Now that sounds like something that's probably only going to happen to a select few, right? Like there's only a few that are going to be filled with the Spirit. In fact, that's the way it was in the Old Testament. Did you know that? Only a few were given the Spirit to work. But then Pentecost came. That was after Jesus was resurrected and the disciples were all kind of sitting around wondering what to do and waiting. And, uh, and God gives each person who's a believer the promised Holy Spirit. I love that. I've started putting that in my, my prayer language when I talk to God. I, I talk to Him about the promised Holy Spirit. I remind Him I remind God. It's okay to remind God. He, he already knows. But it's okay. It, it, it happens a lot. Psalmists do that. And they've taught me to pray. So, so reminds me, the promised Holy Spirit, like I want to remind myself that God has given each of us the gift of the Holy Spirit, and I'm not doing this thing in my own power. So when I'm up against the wall, when I'm outside my league, when I'm, when things are above my pay grade, I'm alright. Because I remember that I have the promised Holy Spirit. Now, it says he's empowered. He's living a Holy Spirit-empowered life. Do you know the word for empowered here is dunamis? That's where we get the English word dynamite from. We have dynamite power within us. My grandfather grew, I um, actually had a farm in St. Henry, and we used to go there. And I remember, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a dairy farm, and he had this long lane to this woods in the back, and he would cut down trees. That's how they heated uh, the, the house. And uh, he'd go back there, they'd cut the trees down and over, and then they'd blow the stumps out. He, he would tell us the stories about in the 40s and 50s, he would go to the supply store and buy dynamite, and he, he, could, he had a stockpile. He'd blow those stumps, and boom, they would be. Wouldn't that be fun? I, I don't know why they don't sell it today, but. <laughs> I wouldn't be here if they, if they did. That's, that's why. Oh, don't you all wish we had access to that kind of power? The kind of dynamite power that could remove stumps from the ground that are this big and round? Like, wouldn't you love to have that kind of power in your life, whatever you're facing, whatever God calls you to do, that you would have that kind of dynamite power within you? You do. That's the deal. You do you can stop wishing and you can start asking you see a lot of us as followers of jesus we live without that power because we've not asked the promised holy spirit in when i first came to know jesus i didn't ask for the gift of the holy spirit i didn't ask for the promised holy spirit i was trying to do life on my own and i'll just tell you what if you want to be miserable say yes to jesus be forgiven and then go on living life without the power to do the things that he calls you to do and keep doing this i was living without the power many of you are as well uh when uh when my dad died just about uh you know eight years ago nine something like that uh dad left us a tiller he was a master gardener and uh so you know we have five kids i end up with the tiller which is a good thing because i like the garden and so i had i, I spaded my garden you know that's that's how you my, I already got it spaded for this year. I hope you spaded yours. See, if you just till it, like you don't get enough moisture and aeration, so you want to spade. Just throwing that in there. That's an extra. That doesn't count. That's a, that's a bonus. You can write it on your sermon notes if you want. But okay, so you should till deep soil. Just telling you. And so you till that thing up. Well, the first year, I'm like like this. It's just bouncing all over, and, I, and it liked to kill me. And I, could, I had to push it. It was... It wore me out. I didn't need a good run after that. I put the thing away, and you know, it's playing the garden. Next year, same thing. I'm like, man, I thought this thing would work better than that. It's a big tiller. I get the thing out the third year. I got that thing started up, and I'm looking it over, and I notice there's another lever over here. And so I pull the lever. It engages the wheels. (laughs) I feel like I ought to hand my manhood card in right now. It was a whole lot easier after that. In fact, when, you, when you're living in a powered state, life is good. Some of you are following Jesus without the power. And, and you're failing. And you're living this false, kind of this false dichotomy of, I want to follow Jesus, but I, and you don't have to. Now, how does that happen? How do, you, how do you get filled with the Spirit? Well, it says this. It says, oh, yeah, what, what you and I need is that dynamite. Are you ready for some dynamite? I wish I could hand that out as a sermon illustration, each one, but I'm afraid I'd go to jail for that, so we're not gonna do that today, just mentally, you know. Uh, Acts chapter one, verse four, it says, do not leave Jerusalem. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples and the new believers. It says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, and so did we here just last week. What an amazing. I hope you see the stories and the pictures online, man. It's just so beautiful to see what God does in people's lives. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus says, I'm going to give you the promised Holy Spirit. And I'm going to baptize you. Just as you were baptized as a symbol of your coming to know Jesus and your forgiveness and your new way of life, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, baptizo, and I don't even know if I'm saying that right. You, you, you Greek scholars correct me after the service. That will be good. I'll get it right for second service. But it means to be submerged in another vessel. So when we, when we I come over here because that's where it was, at the water. And we put people in under the water, and they go under the water, and it's like, It's like one vessel submerged in another. Like we're this clay, earth, and vessel, right? We're we're crackpots. We really are. We're messed up. But, But when we go under the water, it's one vessel in another. And the reality is that when we're baptized with the Holy Spirit, we're to allow our life to be immersed, submerged in the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to be filled. I, I've used a lot of illustrations, but in the end, it all comes down to saying, God, I'm going to give you control of my life. See, in Romans 12:1 it says, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. and the life I live in the body, I live by power in the Spirit of God. You see, we live by the power of the Holy Spirit in this life if we're really going to follow Him. And when we have the Holy Spirit in us, when you are filled with the Spirit, when you consecrate your life to Him, you're inviting Him, you're you're submersing yourself in the in the spirit, You're allowing Him to control your life. And when, when you're filled with the Spirit, you have the courage to live out the purpose that God has given you that no fear can stop. That is how Peter's different. Which Peter do you want to be? How do you want to live? Now some of you say, well, I don't want to give up control. I like control. Well, so do I but you'll never live in the power of the Spirit if you want to hang on. If you want to do your own thing, call your own shots, you'll never live in the power of the Holy Spirit. I remember, this is my checkbook. It's the real thing. I remember, I remember in college when I first got a checkbook, I thought I, like I could just keep writing checks, and it didn't, I don't know. Anyway, I've learned some things since then one rule they taught me was never sign a blank check but and that always stuck in my head yet I'm in this I'm in this service and it it wasn't just a service you know God works it's ten things there's usually a moment sometimes that you go over the edge but in the end God had been bringing me to this place of being filled with spirit because I was living a miserable life I knew Jesus I was forgiven but I didn't have the power to do the very thing that God had called me to do and so so he he called me to give him a blank check. And I'm like, God, don't you know the bankers would really frown on this? See, because God was telling me, "Auntie, I want you to trust me with everything. I want you to go where I want, want you to go. I want you to do what I want you to do, and I want you to become what I want you to be. Will you do that? Will you do that for me? Will you give me everything? No. <laughs> That's what you've said too. That's what all of us say at one time or another. But there's a moment when we have to decide are we gonna live in our own power, we're gonna live in God's power, we're gonna be the first Peter, the second one. And so I sat down in my heart and I signed the bottom of the check, and I took it out, and I gave that blank check to God. That was the hardest decision I've ever made. You see, saying yes to Jesus, forgiven? New? No? I can deal with that. That's, that. Okay. But the next thing, I'm going to immerse myself in the Spirit. I'm going to give Him complete control. I'm going to do that Roman 12.1 thing. I'm going to do that Galatians 2.20 thing. I'm going to die to what my will is and my desires are and, and my plans and my agenda. And I'm going to I'm going to sign over the blank check. By the way, I'm going to write void on that. At least the bankers will be happy (laughs) that I've done that. I I put everybody at ease now. And I gave him that blank check. I was afraid of what God would tell me to do. He did do some of the things that I wonder. Like it wasn't long after I got called to pastoral ministry. (laughs) If I hadn't given him the blank check, I'd have said No. But it already made that decision. And already began to see how God was working in my life. He helped me stop some habits. He helped me to think in new ways. He helped me to love people I had a hard time loving. Like he gave me a dynamite power. It was kind of weird. And yet God began to use me in ways that I'd never experienced before. And I want you to know that when you get used by God in someone's life, when you get to do the miracle... You're, you're, you're not the miracle worker. God is, but he's going, to, he's going to use one of us. It might as well be you. And there is such joy when somebody says yes to Jesus and you've gotten to be the conduit. There is no greater, Well, Paul says, there's no greater joy than to see your son walking in the Lord. There's no greater joy than to see somebody come out of a wrecked life that you've helped because of His power, His strength. There's no I just tell you, there's no more joy in my heart than to see a church like ours launching a new campus and, and making room for people that don't know Jesus, that are broken and hurting. These, these aren't people that just wonder like don't have anything to do. These are people that are broken. They, like This seat represents the change that's going to come to their life. That's what God is calling all of us to. Can I tell you that that was the most defining moment in my whole life? other than saying yes to Jesus, it changed everything. And some of you are scared of that because <laughs> you like your finances how they are. Like the blank check means, God, you fill it out. What, what do you want to do with me? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? And, and you're scared of that. But that's what god is calling you to you know i've had some people i've had some people here recently come to me and want to talk and ask about their life and just say you know i'm not fulfilled i'm not satisfied i'm not it's not going well and you know what i've come to discover is that they haven't given god the blank check so they're just bouncing back and forth they don't have the power to do anything they read about it and they're the first peter and there's a lack of courage and purpose in their life. There's a fear about everything and anxiety that comes when you aren't living out God's plan for your life. Can I say to you today, God is calling you to open up the checkbook, and it's not just just your money He's looking for. He's looking for something far greater. So I want you to metaphorically because none of you have your checkbook with you (laughs) at least if you're under 30 no no chance (laughs) like i had to go look for it too i'm i'm done with this thing you need to pull the checkbook out and you need to sign your life over to god because that's what he's calling you to do and you see when you say yes to jesus you have the holy spirit you've been given the promised holy spirit but you haven't set them loose. Like you haven't lit the fuse. You haven't engaged the wheels. And you wonder why you're failing. You wonder why you're feeling unfulfilled and you lack power. Just like me, and you can't overcome that sin or whatever it might be. You aren't gonna do it on your own. You're not gonna live out your purpose on your own because you aren't enough. But with God, you are. See, with the Holy Spirit, you're more than enough, and He wants you to immerse yourself in Him. So you write, write that blank check, and give it to God. God, I don't know where you're gonna, I don't know what you're gonna do. Where are you gonna send me? What you, where are you gonna, where am I gonna go, man? I remember the fear for me was we lived here, and I was at a church across town, and all my friends were there. And It wasn't when I signed that blank check it wasn't long that God called me to pastoral ministry and then he called us to help plant this church I had to leave th- those new friends I'd just made and I always thought God you wouldn't send me to Africa would you this was like almost felt worse <laughs> and yet look what's happened in 28 years I would I can't think of a better way to spend my life I can't think of a more joy, any more joy that I could get than than being part of what God is doing. And I could have never wrote that story. I would have never written that story. And you are trying to write your own story, and God wants to write it for you because He wants to do something really special. So I want you to stand, right where you're at, and I want to get out. I want you to get out your pen if you would, and I want you to get out that checkbook of your life. Will you sign it? This is the moment before, and there's going to be a moment after for some of you. For some, it'll just keep on going. It won't be a defining moment, and you'll never experience all God has for you. You're here today for a reason. Whether you're online and you're afraid to even come in the door, or maybe you're at home and you're you're not even in a, you, you're still trying to figure it all out. Maybe you aren't able to be here today. You in the East Venue, Sydney Campus, maybe you're going, but now God is calling you to take that step and sign the check over, so he can really use you, that he can do miraculous things like heal 40-year-olds that have been paralyzed all their life. And so, Father, we come to you in prayer. We ask that you would give us the promised Holy Spirit. And in that, Father, we want to give you our very selves, we, we, we give you the rights to our life. We give you our desires and our, our rights. Father, we just put it in your hands. And here's the unwritten, Father. We're going to say you're good. We're going to trust you because that's the only reason we'd hold back. It's because we don't trust you or we don't think you're good or we don't think you can keep that promise. But today we say that you can so father i pray for that person here today those people here today that have never written that check that have never given you complete control of their life would you would they submerge their whole person in your spirit and allow you to surround them and control every part of their life and would they instead of having fear have joy have peace would would they have power to do the things you've called them to do and to live out the purpose you have for them? Would you give them a joy that they've never experienced before? Would you do that? Because that's what you do, God. And we're calling on your name. We're calling you to keep that promise and remember that promise you've made for each of us. And so that's what I ask. Thank you. Thank you for that person that's being obedient today and signing that check. There's people in the world that are gonna be impacted. There's a God, our God, my God, who's going to be blessed and overjoyed that somebody trusted Him with the very thing, the only thing they have to give. Thank you. Thank you for being in this place. Thank you for pouring your Spirit out on us today. Help us to go into the world and to pour out what you have poured into us. And we ask it in your great name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want you to go. You're already standing. Go say hi to somebody and go out into the world. Make a change. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app today to stay connected with all things the valley. And if today's message impacted you or changed your life, share it with a friend. Because change lives change lives.